this is why I love my holster. I, I, I can't leave the apartment without it because it's got my car key in it, but it also has the wallet and the house key. So no matter what, I have all three if I ever leave the house. Well, I have that from November to May. It's called my winter coat, and I yeah. just leave all that stuff in there. And then summer rolls around, and that dies, and I forget my wallet 17 times. Hello, and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This may sound a little different from my side. I am in Montreal, um, covered in snow. It's uh, Lucky. already snowed about half a foot. So I'm, I'm trapped in this office by the airport. Um, send help. Send coffee. <laughs> Joining me this week, as always, Will Saddleberg. I am, I am not trapped by snow. I just want to say not that. Yet. Not I'm, yet. I'm no. surprised. We are supposed to get it in time for the um, Bills-Dolphins game tomorrow, which is great because uh, when we played them in September, we had to play in like 100 degree heat in Miami. So this feels right. Like, How does that feels work? Like if, because I was told Environment Canada mm-hmm. sent me a big old message saying like a storm coming up from the eastern. I guess it's not the east. You're not in the like the eastern coast of, of uh, the right. U.S., but it's like it's coming up north. So what it's doing is like doubling back and turning around towards you. No, the, I think this is Toronto a whole different yesterday. system that we're getting off the lake again. I'm under another lake effects snow warning. That, that feels right. Yeah. It just happens. It just happens. It comes off the lake and then it hits us and then it dies the second it's 10 miles out of the lake. <laughs> like, um, no, they're calling for like our area to get like maybe a foot tops. Like it's more south, but that's where the Bills game is. So have fun, uh, Miami Dolphins. I mean, what? They just can't play in the snow? Like, I'm pretty sure. Well, like most- in the same way, like, like. Miami Major no, play not... in triple digit heat. It's actually it's, it's exactly it's, it's balancing that you make That's them what play I'm saying. in like single digit temperatures. This is not a sports podcast, and I'm sorry to turn off anyone who doesn't like sports. Um, but I'm just but, I'm just but, finding but, it very oh, funny that you think that like the people that play in Buffalo are more likely to be used to oh, snow. Oh, but they are. No, no, that's like a real thing, though. That they is, are. It really yeah. is. They, they, they have you, away like, games, and the other teams yes. have away games. Like. It doesn't matter, but, but they're used to practicing in the snow. It's a, yeah. it's an actual advantage. Mm. Yeah, no, it's being used to that temperature for so much of yeah. the year as opposed to living down here where it's, uh, we had a cold front yesterday, which was wonderful, and it is still like 60 degrees right now. I want I've numbers. called a cold front wonderful. Will. I want numbers. I want okay. you to prove to me that okay. Bills and other teams that have snow on the ground during games have a higher percentage of winning home games. I will do it, and I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it is a higher percentage, but I, I want to mm-hmm. know to what degree the percentage yeah. is higher than like the base advantage of playing at home because every team has a home game advantage, right? Regardless of the sport, that's true. So I will put this together for you. I will put it together. It will be I expect uh, a, a whole spreadsheet. I expect a spreadsheet. I expect charts. Yep. I expect lots of historical data. Thousands of people knew the Bears opened their season with two scoreless ties, and they went, oh yeah, that sounds fun, and they went and bought a ticket and sat in the rain for hours and watched another scoreless tie, and then they went home. Who are these people? I don't understand these people. Let's stop recording. This actually sounds more fun. (laughs) Likely (laughs) cribbed from one of the many websites that does this for them. I was going to say, sports statistics, there aren't like a bajillion sites out there that do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, I just, I just want. I'm actually kind of amazed Will couldn't just pull that up immediately, as it's a sports stat, and like basically every sports stat Ask, ever invented oh, is available up okay. from, through Google. Thematic, like, like let's let's do some thematic continuity here. Ask ChatGPT what oh my what God. the stat is. <laughs> See if it gives you that answer. I will. I don't have a I don't have an account for that, so I will have to make an account after we All record. Right. Update update me next week. We want I we will. want I we will. want details. <laughs> um have either of you been uh banned from twitter yet that's that's a thing mm, not last i checked but i mean i've just been using it less so from what i understand are are you aware of what happened last night it sounds like no uh no i i okay. heard about i heard about people getting banned like the day yeah. before yesterday and early yesterday i don't the, know the, what happened last night yeah so um I don't want to talk about this for too long. Oh my but, god! Um, please, we have to. Oh god! It's I like told the most I told my partner hours. last night. I was like, if Daniel makes us talk about this in the pod, I'm just going to be annoyed about it the whole time. I'm going to be like, this is stupid. This is such a dumb. Ever like? Then you're I mean, keeping I mean, like, your promise to her. Now talk. Yes. <sighs> okay. Be annoyed. Um. I mean, like the short version is that Elon went back on his word to not ban the Elon's jet account that was tracking his jet with publicly available data because he now calls it doxing because allegedly someone stalked his car like 24 hours later. I'm going to use allegedly there. Which is impossible because, okay, so the thing that I love about this is that somebody geolocated the information the location from that video apparently that was yeah. posted like elon posted like does anybody know this person right and they're that's not doxing right personally i mean like can you you know who doxes the doxer right but like what's so interesting is that th- where they were was nowhere near an airport right so exactly. the it, the implication was that this guy used the elon jet data to yep. basically like track elon's location and to then, LAX, uh, which like, wow. Oh, you're telling me his jet landed at LAX in LA? That's crazy. Right. Like how many Teslas drive in and out of there every single day? Like, come on. I will say that I am highly skeptical of Elon's side of the story. You, you but... could just end the sentence there. I am highly skeptical yeah. of, of Elon, period. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is ridiculous. And it just like two weeks. Ago, so here's the here's like the really interesting arc to me is that he's just been like a bad boss since he took over he's been a bad curator of twitter's history he's like completely just blown it up from the inside but i I was i mean we knew he was a bad boss we've known he's a bad boss since tesla and starlink like he's not a great like he understands investors he understands how to make moves among those people he does not know how to command a loyal workforce what's interesting here though is there seemed to be a moment where people had sort of just accepted that the level of degraded performance and quality would just be something that they would accept. And then, like, he's even gone beyond that now. The experience of using the app at the moment is so poor that people are actually moving to Mastodon. Like, I know several people whose accounts have just been deleted. They don't want to use Twitter anymore. It really feels like the momentum is shifting away from complacency. You, you break search on any social platform and it's going to collapse. It's interesting. Like yeah, you even exactly. click on a hashtag and it won't surface stuff from like the last week. It'll surface stuff from like three months ago. And I'm like, I came here to see what the heck is this is trending for. And you gave me nonsense. Like well, this is no longer yeah. a functioning social platform. This is a I can shout into the ether and maybe someone hears me. 
so trends seem to be broken for me because the thing that constantly shows up is not like what's actually trending. It's stuff with like 2000 tweets for some reason. I don't understand why. Oh, that's the personal interest stuff. No, I, I get those I, all the time. It's, but it's nothing linked to my personal interests. Uh, <laughs> it's just like random stuff. Twitter's like algorithm is not very good. That's always it's not. It's case. like broken, and that you know, it's worse than it used to be. And then uh, replies are broken. Go try to load more replies. Good luck. And then last night, so like going back to this, the short version is that he banned a bunch of journalists who were quote unquote also doxing him, which was not true. They were either linking to coverage on the story or. Donnie O'Sullivan at CNN was tweeting that he hadn't filed a police report with the LAPD, which is another reason to be highly skeptical about his side of the story. And he got banned. And so, but it turns out that uh, for whatever reason, there's a couple of theories floating around that those banned accounts could still participate in Twitter spaces. If <laughs> that was the, fo- that was the funniest part that he like came into the space. Were you listening? I was listening. I wasn't, I wasn't listening live, but uh, okay. I, I've, I've listened I was to the in clip. There. This mm-hmm. morning where he came on, yep. basically said, t- told them to all go fuck themselves. And then like, yep. then then Spaces was now, was, I, I mean, I think that's actually wrong. Like people said that he turned off the Spaces feature entirely. It's gone from my phone. It's not from mine. I mean, it's still there. It was broken. If you tried to join this morning when I tried to join a space, it would give me every space gave me an error that said my device was not supported yet. And then when I restarted the app, you know, it was like force closed it and opened it back up. It, the It was gone. Hmm. It was just not. Yeah, there. I don't even see anything for spaces anymore. The space ended 20 minutes or so after he left, after he like rage quit the space. It ended with an error message and then was not saved. Like all that stuff disappeared. Seems fairly obvious that he was behind this. He also Incredible. tried to tweet a poll to ask people, as he does, you know, voice of the people, right? To ask if he should reinstate the journalists he banned now or later and now one. And he didn't like that, so he redid the tweet or the poll, which is now set to end tonight. And I, the last time I checked, now was winning again. So we'll see how he reacts to that in 12 hours. But um, yeah, just a temper tantrum. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. That's all this is. It's just a temper tantrum. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, look, I don't want to spend the entire time talking about this, but I do think this is the biggest and most stupid story that keeps to keeps like pervading our lives and i know not everybody's on twitter but i also think that what he's doing is indicative of so much other poisonous stuff in the tech space at the moment and his is just the the most like personal and newsworthy example well even going outside of the tech space like just the behavior towards free speech and journalism in general on the platform is kind of just trying to, like, Twitter was the platform for journalists because that was just where you could easily cultivate sources. It was where you could keep up with trends in order to see what you needed to research. And because search has gotten so bad, replies and DMs have gotten so bad, because the platform as a whole has gotten so bad that people are picking up and moving to other platforms, that's fragmentation that's going to impact the ability for journalists and other, and, and even for, like, artists and people who use these platforms for work. It's fragmenting that and it's going to hurt their ability to do their jobs or to earn their income. And it's going to further damage reputations of the industry, which, you know, I like to be flippant and say it doesn't matter what like some numbered Twitter user cares about my business, but it does matter. It matters a lot. And um, 
this whole thing is is so frustrating and, and terrible. I'm sorry for making you annoyed, Will, but I, I felt no, no, like no, no, no. I'm not it, annoyed it at you. I'm just annoyed at the. It needed to I'm be just done. annoyed at the situation. Yeah, it's just this is whole. It's, it's just so dumb, and it's so petty and annoying. Of like, it's so obvious what he's doing and and how personal this is to him. And it's just like, dude, I kind of just want to use your site how I was using it before. Can you just stop? Can you just leave it alone? And like, he's not going to, and he's going to ruin the site. And that's that. I think I said it as a joke at one point a couple of months ago, but I really do think that he's the kind of person who would take Twitter, buy it, and then just fucking burn the money in order to kill the platform. And that's exactly what it seems like he's doing. I swear this is intentionally like burning the site to the well, ground instead of I just mean, shutting it off. That's not true. He's burning his Tesla money to burn it to the ground. Anyway, we can move on now. <laughs> he sold like three and a half billion dollars of Tesla shares Correct. this week. And if you're a Tesla shareholder, uh, I'm, Good luck. I'm very sorry. You've, you've <laughs> Good had luck. a worse. I mean, everybody in tech has had a bad year from a share perspective, but. I think if you own Tesla shares, you've had it slightly worse. Um, actually, that's not true. I think most automotive companies have had really tough, tough, uh, at least like second quarters of this year. Um, all right, let's let's chat Android. Um, we'll we'll have hopefully a, a chapter mark in the podcast if you want to start. <laughs> if this is your beginning, welcome. My name is Daniel. <laughs> um, we are we are actually going to talk about some Android stuff today. So, Will, uh, let's jump right in. QPR two mm-hmm. beta one was released this week. Sure was. It came like three days after QPR one final was released to the public. We've known about the the features in there for a few months because it's been in beta for that long. But uh, there are some interesting additions to this release. Walk us through the biggest ones. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on whether you're thinking biggest from like some UI changes or biggest from underlying changes. But I think it's more interesting than QPR1 was personally, which maybe just because we're we're in the back half of this update cycle. But, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect going in. And, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot to break down. So I, I just want to say that Manuel has a really good what's new in Android 13 QPR2 post. It's It's probably in the show notes. I would highly recommend checking it out because he breaks down like every little thing. And a lot of this is, is, is requires like a visual element. So check that out. But they can't leave the media player alone, as we've learned through Android 13's beta cycle. Like it's now got like this new fogginess to it. Like when you're playing music, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It like shines over the artwork. It's like animating the whole widget now. It looks cool. It's just another weird visual thing where they, they can't figure out what should and shouldn't be in there. But um, yeah, there's a, a big clock in the notification shade if you pull down twice. Um, it looks nice. It looks like it's a, it just gets big when you pull it. Jesus, there's so much. Um, there's some new taskbar changes, I believe. That's what I'm really... I mean, as somebody yeah. who's using a Galaxy Z Fold 4 right now, the funny part, just to go back to what you're saying about the media player... The media player on Samsung phones on Android 13 is not only uglier than what Google has put on the Pixel, but it works oh, far worse, like yeah. worse than 12L. I don't know what Samsung did, but the touch points on the media player on 13 are basically unusable. You have to expand the notification shade to make the media player bigger than like the small default version just to pause and play so something's wrong there and i hope samsung fixes it 
but it's wild to see how much nicer the media player is on a Pixel phone than basically any other phone right now. Yeah, I agree. I feel that way about any time I'm using a Samsung device, to be honest, like like the media player and, and like the notification tray. It's, it's not even like that's not even that much different than what's on Pixel. But for some reason, I just don't like it nearly as much as I do on Pixels. It, I find it like weirdly annoying. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a Pixel fanboy. Who knows? There are slightly redesigned battery health settings. There's some work on a, a, a desktop mode that is continuing. We might be getting another Material U theme, a monochromatic one, which could be cool. It's not active yet, I believe, but I think Michal managed to get it working by rooting. So that could come with the March update. We should say all this stuff is in preparation for the March feature drop. So, you know, if you're a Pixel user, even if you're not on the beta, you won't have to wait super long to, to try out this stuff. Um, this one has caught my attention. There's a reduced vibration mode which is active on some pixels, but not others. So like the Pixel 7 series doesn't have it active right now, but like the 6a does. And it seems to just be focused on making the bad vibration motors in older and mid-range pixels less strong when on a table so that it's not as annoying. It's weird. It's a weird fix, but sure. uh, It's a toggle that you can turn on in your settings. I actually think that's a really an underrated addition because what it means Google has been putting high-quality linear vibration motors in its phones for a while. I think they really started getting good around, like, the Pixel 6. I think the 7 and the 7 Pro have, like, excellent... They're amazing. Uh, I mean, they're habits. basically... Yeah. they're So, <clears throat> I know that there was a lot of attention paid to, especially Marquez Brownlee, he compared the S22 Ultra's vibration motor to the S21 Ultra's, and he said that it, it was not nearly as good because it wasn't as powerful and i always thought that's not actually like the right comparison to make because yes like the maximum volume of it wasn't as high and potentially you can miss notifications that way but it was a much higher quality more precise motor and therefore was able to do far more interesting things and more diverse vibration patterns like you can on the iphone and I was going to say, that's what iOS does, or, or yeah. I guess Apple does on iOS. And Google, yeah. I, I, th- I don't know if the linear motors on Google's Pixel phones are as good as those in the iPhone, but they feel just as good most of the time. And because Google has added a lot of software in Android 12 and 13 to allow developers to have more control over the vibration motors in those phones, I think that's like it's a one-two punch. So the lower reduced vibration mode makes sense because it's just a much more powerful motor and for some people that just might mean it's annoying like i feel the vibration on of the pixel when it's sitting on a table and it like can be distracting and that's definitely that's like what it's aiming for it's supposed to be when it's like face up on a table it's really trying to make that buzz of you know again the rattle against like wood or glass or whatever not you know drive you insane yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of small things here, like the Pixel Six Pro getting a 1080p display option, like after this the Seven Pro. Like it's good to see. Yeah. yeah, just like little little things. Going back to the taskbar stuff, though, I just want to I want to touch on that again because you know obviously this is an aspect of Android that Google is focusing on if it's going to be launching its own foldable, presumably the taskbar on the Fold 4 is not just like a one-off aberration that's going to be unique to 
the Samsung line, right? Like we know that there's a taskbar feature inside Android, like just plain old Android, because you can enable it if you increase your screen DPI beyond 600 on a phone, because it's right now optimized for tablets. But if the Pixel Fold launches, assuming that will be enabled by default, it's going to have very similar functionality. And Google's probably now getting to the point where, okay, we're finalizing Android 13 for launch of the Pixel Fold in May, right? That's the date that we keep hearing. So we're going to have Android 14 alpha at that point or dev preview, likely. Maybe even beta at that by May. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Um, they'll, I mean, assuming they follow pre-COVID timelines, they might launch the beta at IO. That's true. They've been launching it earlier, like post-COVID. Yeah. yeah. But who knows? We'll, we'll see. Either way, like there will definitely be an updated version, if not like a proper QPR release when the Pixel Fold is, is released. So my guess here is that they're just prepping the Pixel line to be more Fold friendly. That's my hope, at least. Who knows? I'm excited. The leaks, the renders we've seen of that thing, I think we talked about it last week. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we have the Find N2 that was announced yep. this week. I have that phone waiting at home. I was supposed to have it the day before I left Do for you? Montreal. And oh. it just got delayed by one day. Yeah. So I have it there. It's waiting for me to open. I'm very excited. It's a China-only release, so... Even like this is a bit of inside baseball. So when you when a China only phone gets sent to journalists in non Chinese countries, they will basically say this phone is compatible with the Play Store. You have two options. Here's the Play Store APK if you want to manually install it, or you can just use the phone clone feature and bring over your old software backup to this phone and have it pre-installed. Either way, having the Play Store on like a China only phone is not always the same as having it on a like a an international release because things are still broken. Parts of the UI are still written in Chinese. Like they it it's not a full global update. Like it has been localized outside of China. So it's not a great experience. But Color OS 13, from what I've heard, is considerably better than ColorOS 12 that's currently on the original Find N. So I'm just really excited to hear about the hinge, or I guess I should say the crease, really, because Oppo was already, like, I would argue ahead of Samsung on this, like, even with the Z Fold 4, where it's relatively reduced from the 3. They're really stressing that this is, like, nearly invisible now. So I am excited to hear what you think of, of the crease and, and if it is actually as impressive as they say. I mean, I've heard and I've, <laughs> I spent most of like last night just like watching videos of the Find N2, just like jealously coveting the thing that I am waiting to use because I love the Find N. I just the software was so bad that it was barely usable. But yeah. All right. So QPR2 beta one, it's available for Pixel phones. That's about it. You can join the beta right now if you have a Pixel 4 or above. Let's talk. Think phone. Okay, this this kind of came out of left field for me. So Lenovo makes the ThinkPad. Lenovo owns Motorola and has since 2014. We have yet to see a ton of crossover between the Lenovo brands that everybody knows about and the Motorola phones. I would say the way we talk about Motorola phones internally is like with a big old shrug emoji these days. 
And I would say most people would agree. Like, it's not necessarily that the quality of Motorola phones has declined, but that the value that they once held in their various markets has been reduced considerably as competition has increased. It's very difficult for us to recommend like a $250 Moto G stylus when you can easily get the the Pixel 6a for $50 more. Yeah, the G series used to be incredible. Like it used to be my go to recommendation for for like budget phones if someone, you know, 2017, 2018, if someone was asking. And now it's like, well, you have the A series, you get a sale on the Pixel 6a, it's 300 bucks. Like in those phones just last so much longer and usually run better than Motorola's where it's like, well, I can't tell you to, you're going to need to buy a new phone in a year and a half if I tell you to get this Motorola phone. So I can't recommend it. Yeah. More than that though, it's just that it's, it's so confusing to ask somebody to like parse the lineup at the moment. That too. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is the Moto Think Phone. It's a, it's a leak that we saw this week. It's called Think Phone by Motorola. It's interesting. It's got like Motorola Atrix vibes which is kind of neat, I, I think, like going all the way back to 2011. This is ma- meant for businesses, I would say. Like it's got a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1 with 8 to 12 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, 6.6 inch, 1440p, 144 hertz OLED display, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. It, it's a flagship. Like it, it, it's, it's powerful. It's okay. Yeah. It's not like the latest and greatest, but I think the... No. The synergy here is that it's going to work really well with your like corporate issued MDM controlled Lenovo ThinkPad. The carbon so. fiber look is just so, it's so a decade ago. If you've seen any ThinkPad, you know, it's got that huge logo in the corner. It's just I don't know if it'll be a great phone or a good phone, but it is so funny to me that this exists. And and like I'm I'm almost surprised that it never has before. But yeah, I don't know, Ara, I don't know if you have any hot takes. I don't care about the carbon fiber as much because this is a phone and like every other phone, it's probably going to get thrown in a case. I don't know quite what to think of that red button on the side because I'm really hoping that's a power button. I You can see the power button below the volume rocker on the other yeah, side. That's, so that, it's, that's it's part either of why a- I'm just like confused. It's like, um, guys, is that a dedicated camera shutter button? Please. It's either that or some, kind of, some kind of like yeah. it, type thing. Yeah, it's definitely like a shortcut button. Like, yeah. call your boss. <laughs> oh, God, open microsoft no. teams <laughs> yeah enter enter an automatic google meet right like you push it once and it just starts the camera and adds all your content it's, it's like it's like <laughs> it, you press it and it like says at channel in slack for you. oh no oh no <laughs> i mean that's it i i can't be super surprised at this I, i'm more surprised it took this long yeah absolutely I also kind of wish they had used ThinkPad to get into like the super rugged phones as opposed to like going like normal enterprise because normal enterprise users are perfectly fine with a Samsung or an iPhone right now. Like ThinkPad, I think ThinkPad like tough. Do you though? And imagine what Motorola and Lenovo could do if they used ThinkPhone in order to like own the rugged smartphone industry because we don't have a whole lot of competition there right now. It's mostly a bunch of no names and the Galaxy Yeah, but I think the rugged phone comp or, or, or arena died because of exactly what you said is that everyone just if you if that's you you just put it in a case like all of my friends who actually have work phones like their work wants them to have a specific smartphone like they all kind of mandate iphone at this point they probably are slapping them in OtterBox cases or whatever if they really need that protection i don't think thinkpad is associated with rugged anymore i think the brand has been 
really trying to move away from that old what you get with a thinkpad is a really thick and ugly design with like the nipple that you navigate with like it's not that anymore yeah it's they want to be sleek ultra books yeah it's like a, it's it's like yeah. a relatively robust but powerful and there's a bunch of different lines there's a you know the thinkpad x which is super powerful there's the p series which is like a little bit more work focused there's the e series which is pretty budget focused like i mean there's so many thinkpads now that i don't think you can associate it with one particular feature i think lenovo has relentlessly tried to basically do what it's doing on the motorola phone side have a version of the thinkpad for literally every budget to the point where it's getting a little confusing but I don't know. It's fascinating to me. It's the first time that Lenovo has released a Motorola or ThinkPad branded Motorola phone. It's probably not going to be the last time. And if it's successful, I wouldn't be surprised if it trickles down to the consumers, to the consumer line. That's something to keep in mind. I was kind of hoping for something a little bit more with this phone, but I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us. We, It's a leak. Things can change. Okay, next is just a quick announcement. Matter support is officially available on Android. It's officially rolled out to Google's Nest ecosystem. So what does that mean? Nothing much. What it means is that like we heard that Matter is now officially available. The spec is complete. Devices are going to start rolling out and getting updated with, with Matter support. I think an Eve light or smart switch or something is like the first product to support it but realistically if you want to go out and buy a matter compatible smart home product you can't right now not really but all of google's products will support it so going all the way back to the original 2016 google home which is incredible it can act as a matter hub i don't think that one supports thread though if i'm not mistaken but i guess it can be a a matter relay i'm not really sure can't imagine it. they would have had a thread radio back in 2016. Wow, it sounds like this rollout is going great. <laughs> Not confusing at all. But there are other <laughs> devices that do have, you know, yeah. matter support and a thread radio in there. The the Nest Mini, Nest Audio, Nest Hub, first and second gen, the Nest Hub Max, and the Nest Wi-Fi Pro, which was released earlier this year. So that's basically what it is. I mean, this is these are going to act as relay devices. Chances are you probably already have something that will become a matter hub in your house, whether it's like an Eero router or an Amazon Echo Show 5 or 10 or 8 or whatever, right? Like if you've bought something that was promised to have matter compatibility within the last couple of years, it has likely received that update by now. And now we just have to wait for devices to launch. And I don't know about you guys, but there's this matter video. I don't know if we embedded it in our article but it's on google's blog post about it it basically is this woman going through like a rehearsed course talking for six minutes this is a smart home kiosk this is where they sell the connected stuff in stores it's a great place to learn about everything the i want to Not turn on a light bulb like they want. that's because Using setting stuff phone, up in tv smart Amazon, speaker or Schneider, app they like that lab stable yeah and google language it is like a master class in pre-rehearse i know she's reading from a teleprompter in this video but it does not look like it it is just wild to me that it's as good as it is for like the kind of video that it is. It's just, it's crazy. So yeah, if you're interested in this, like it's happening 
folks. Like we I'm are a- almost at the end of matter almost being here, yeah. and that's great. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Uh, we're almost at the end. <laughs> that's true. I am it's excited. Long- I don't mean to sound skeptical. It's, it's just it's that been we've long, been it's in been a long and arduous journey to get here. We, exactly. Yeah. We've been in matter is almost here for essentially the entire year, and so it is. It is very funny to be like, but for real, it's actually almost here. It's basically here. You just can't use it yet, but it's here almost. I just reviewed. In fact, it just went up on the site like two hours ago as we're recording this. I just reviewed a, a Yale smart lock, uh, the Assure lock Two that will have matter support, but it doesn't right now because you need a module for it that doesn't exist yet. You can't buy it yet. So uh, great. soon. Great. <laughs> great. Awesome. Going great. Um, Going it's great. a good lock. The one I have uses a Wi-Fi module, but I will have to once the matter uh, the matter module jesus is out you take out the wi-fi module and put in the matter module and theoretically you should be able to have remote access like you do with the wi-fi one but with better battery life since it won't have to be connected to wi-fi all the time it'll just use whatever matter hub you have yeah uh it's a good lock but you know we are still in that space of being so close to ready but not quite Okay, quickly next, ID support is finally rolling out in Google Wallet. It's launched with one state, Maryland, but it, assuming things go according to plan, this list will expand to include at least three. Who knows how many states will end up being in this list? Far fewer than are going to be in Apple's wallet, I can assure you that. But it's starting, folks. So if you live in Maryland right now, go try and add it. Uh, your driver's license, um, it's going to be great. Everything's going to work perfectly. The police are going to accept it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Give your phone to the police. Don't do that. Just don't do it. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Just have your fucking driver's license with you. Don't rely on your phone to be your only source of ID. Please. You're crushing my dreams. Be smart here, people. And I'm really sad about it be because smart. I know you're deep down. I know you're right, but I don't want to carry Don't leave your driver's anymore. license at home. Don't be a moron. Come on. Like, this haven't we learned enough? Me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm uh, I would I would probably do it, but no, just don't do it. All right, let's move on. Last thing we want to talk about in, in the last few minutes, uh, end of year awards. So AP is uh, is announcing its end of year awards. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to go through our list. And uh, the you know, the, the, the winners are, I would say, not particularly surprising. It's the it's the Pixel 7 Pro. The yeah, congratulations to every commenter on the Reader's Choice comments who commented. We all know your the AP editor's pick is going to be Pixel Seven Pro. I don't know why you're pretending otherwise. You hey, guys I nailed voted it for the regular seven. I also I voted for the regular seven. Really? Yeah, as the best of the year. Yes. Yeah, I like it more. Why? I don't like how big the Seven Pro. It is. doesn't justify the extra three hundred dollars, but it's huge. It's not huge. It's just the phone. It's Listen, huge. like, like. Okay, behind the scenes for listeners, we did a numbered order list, right? We essentially did like ranked voting, basically. So like, I put the seven as my first pick and the seven pro as my second pick. It's not like I was like, I hate the Pixel Seven Pro, bottom of my list. Like, I do like that phone quite a bit, but the one that I like using more, as particular, you know, the only thing I miss is the telephoto. Really, that's the only difference between the two for me and. I generally like the design and portability of the seven. More. So the seven up, the, the seven up, the seven was the runner up. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, Google wins a seven up. Uh, congratulations. 
Uh, which is, I think, fair, right? Like a lot of people are going to say that, yes, exactly. We're just a bunch of pixel fan people and, and it is And they're is. right. But it's it, <laughs> like legitimately, are. I did not think the Pixel 6 Pro was the best phone of 2021. It was, it was just a, it, it launched to a bunch of bugs. It was not easy to use. It was just a, a, a very, it was, it, was a, it was a botched launch for what ended up being a pretty good phone. The 7 well, I, Pro. Like, th- this time a year ago, we were looking at they had just pulled the december patch for the pixel 6 series like that's how much better these phones are these phones are more stable they have better build quality like everything about them is an advancement over the six like that's just true they're they're really good phones they are exactly and i i don't want to take away from the s22 ultra or any of the other great phones that were released this year but i do think that the pixel deserved it this year i really do so the pixel 7 was our runner up of best phone overall uh, best budget phone went to the Pixel 6a. No surprise. I mean, you you could get this phone at 449, but you probably shouldn't because this has been on sale since like October. We've seen like on and off since like maybe even September. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, on and off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this yeah. thing is a permanent three hundred dollar phone for all intents and purposes. Basically released in July, so we we reviewed yes. it in July. It's unbeatable at that price. Like 100%. the A53 is a good phone from Samsung, but even on sale, it's only dropped to 350 bucks. Like there is no reason. No, to get... the A53 hit 300 once. Okay, but during Black Friday, it did not, and so no, it's like it that's you, clearly that's the price they want to keep it at is is 350 as as a floor more or less, and it's like unless you really want like a 120 hertz screen, that's kind of the only thing it has going over the 6A in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Runner-up to that was the OnePlus N25 G, a surprisingly good budget phone that you can buy at T-Mobile or unlocked if you want. Also, 299, slightly less powerful than the 6A, but does have a better screen. I think I've got it in my hand because I took a photo of it recently, and it's just like a nice budget phone. But like the hardware, it feels so much more premium than it is. I don't know. I like its design. Yeah, I mean, OnePlus, ironically, has been killing it on the budget side recently and not so much yeah. on the flagship side, Yeah, um, which is a bit of a turn, but okay. It's funny, we have it as the OnePlus N25G in our database, but it's actually the Nord N25G, and we keep meaning to change it. Oh, um, right. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Nord fans. Let's go to best gaming phone, the Asus ROG Phone 6. I have nothing to say about this. I've never touched the phone <laughs> We should have Matt Schultz on here to talk about it. We should. Uh, we the, really should have him on one week just to talk all the gaming stuff. The funny yeah. part about this, though, is that I kept seeing versions of this phone released throughout the year. So I think Asus released four or five different versions of this. There was like the yep. 6 Plus, the 6D, the 6, Six Pro. Pro. There's like, definitely a Pro. Yeah, just too many, Asus. Like, what are you doing? The runner-up to that was the Red Magic 7. Again, I don't like these devices. I don't think they should exist. There's no reason for it, but I'm not the I'm not the target demographic. If you like gaming phones, send me an email. Podcast at AndroidPolice.com. Tell me why I'm wrong, please. I would love Send I would Daniel love to an email. <laughs> you can tweet at me at JourneyDan. If I still have a Twitter account and I'm not banned, you can send me that tweet. Let me know. Best tablet, Galaxy Tab S8 Plus, which I think was like the Goldilocks middle ground to Absolutely. the three devices released earlier this year. All of them, by far the best Android tablets you could buy these days, still extraordinarily expensive. Even on sale during Black Friday, these were still expensive. But what was really interesting was that all the deal posts that we did for these devices 
were insanely popular because somehow people are looking for iPad competitors that are not quite as expensive. And like the iPad pricing has gone out of control. So I think that has actually been an advantage to Samsung. There are like 12 iPads that Apple sells now. So it's making the three that Samsung sells actually quite easy to understand. It's like big, bigger, biggest. Yeah, I don't understand what Apple's doing there. The tablet uh, runner-up, Tab S8 Ultra, biggest tablet I've ever seen in my life. It's got a 15-inch display. <laughs> like, what are you doing? All right, best smartwatch. This uh, this I'm not so sure about, but uh, Galaxy Watch Say 5. It. Samsung. Yes, that is absolutely the correct call. You know what? I I think you're right from a value and functionality perspective. That was why I ranked it first. Well, I I believe I ranked Can it first. Can you honestly recommend to somebody to go out and buy a Google Pixel no, watch right now? No, it was now? a value proposition no, and, not and even a like from value, just yeah. like a consistency, durability, like you can buy this and it will last you. That too. You're I, right. I didn't yeah, I it, it it came down to that. I no offense to the Pixel Watch, which tied for second out of three. <laughs> You're right. I mean, there weren't there weren't that many options this year. Like, yeah. the fossil Mobvoi ecosystem kind of faded away as we waited for Wear OS three updates, and most of the mainstream ones that don't cost twelve hundred dollars exactly. still haven't received Wear OS three. So Google and Samsung, by joining forces and overseeing Wear OS three and three point five, have basically signed the death knell for its partners, which is, I, I guess, what Google wanted. I, I don't really understand this. I don't think it's what Google yeah. wanted. I know it's what Samsung wanted. I know, but Samsung and Google are creating Wear OS together. So whether or not there was some exclusivity period that prevented the Mobvoys and Tick Watches from getting updated to Wear OS 3, or if it's a matter of them waiting for like the W5 platform to launch in earnest next year, I don't know. But we know that the Snapdragon Wear 4100 Plus can run Wear OS 3.5 or 3 because there are a bunch of $1,200 smartwatches from like um, Mont Blanc that run it. So who knows? I'm I'm not I'm not going to answer ask questions. I'm just thinking Pixel Watch is the runner up. I like wearing the Pixel Watch more than I like wearing the wear the the, the Galaxy Watch 5. But I also know that for most people, the Galaxy Watch 5 is a better choice. So. As is the Galaxy Watch 4. True. You can yes. get for like $120 or no, something. No, 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 that ended. It's back up to 200 this morning. All right, but it's going to drop that low again. Like, it'll happen. Just yeah. wait. No, it'll add it, add it to your wish list. It'll happen. Just wait. Okay, best headphones. I was a little underwhelmed by our, like the choices here. Um, I think mm-hmm. we could have gone a little deeper here, but the Gal- I think it was so obvious that the Sony WH-1000XM5s would win that it really yeah. wasn't a big contest. Like we had our, we had the Sennheiser Momentum 4 wireless as the runner up. I do think that there were other choices in the budget space, especially that we should have had on our list. It wouldn't have won, but at least it would have yeah. been in the running. I also think like the criticism leveled against the WH-1000XM5's design, the fact that it no longer folds is a valid criticism. I had the XM3s and the fact that I could just fold them up and throw them in my bag were partly the reason I used them and partly the reason I brought them with me on trips. I'm wearing them right now. And that's, yeah, I, I take them on trips great. and they're great. Yeah. So I don't know, Sony, you, you, you done, you done, you done messed up. There. So the, the, the Sennheiser Momentum 4 wireless, they're great long battery life, but the ANC is not, not awesome. Mm-hmm. Best earbuds. This surprised me, to be honest. I did not vote for this as the top pick, but the Google Pixel Buds Pro won. I'm not super surprised by that. 
I I was, to be honest. Like I thought the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro would beat out the Pixel Buds Pro. I think it's just a an ecosystem thing. It 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 maybe, but I mean maybe I think the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro sound better. They yeah. work pretty well with every it's not like a smartwatch where you like need a whole bunch of additional software, right? Like it's a That's it's true. an earbud. That's true. You can download the Galaxy wearable app on any Android phone. It just works. It's fine. Yeah. I think the Galaxy Buds 2 sound better. The case is fine. Like the ANC is better than the Pixel Buds Pro. I think overall it's just a better product. But the Pixel Buds are good and like they are intuitive. The controls and are I better. I like the colors. Yeah, and the I colors like the are good. colors. Yeah. Yeah. So the runners up there, Galaxy Buds 2 Pro and the Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds 2, which I have not used yet, but I hear they are incredible. So I'm hoping to get my paws on them. And I was like thinking, why aren't the WF-1000 XM4s here? And then I remember they're not even, they weren't released this year. They weren't this year. Right. Yep. They Otherwise were I would have voted for yep. those in a heartbeat too. Mm. Yeah. All right. Best Chromebook. This is all you, Ara. I have not used yes, a Chromebook in 2022. HP Elite Dragonfly Chromebook. Why did this win? For the voting, it came down to a one point difference between the HP and the Acer Spin 714. And I'm giving the nod to the HP because this is as close to a Pixelbook as I think we're honestly going to come for the foreseeable future. Uh, It is thin. It is relatively light. It is powerful when it needs to be. It has two of the best screens available on a Chromebook today because it has an option with a 2K touchscreen with 450 nits. And then they have a 1080p 1000 nit touchscreen, which is a screen you could well and truly, honest to God, use it in full sunlight if you needed to. It would kill the battery, but you could if you needed to. Like, it's a great Chromebook that just needs good deals and it's starting to get good deals. Whereas the Acer Chromebook Spin 714 is an all-around good Chromebook. It's an all-around relatively decent price at 700 and it frequently goes on sale for, like, I think today it's down to either 600 or 530 My main problem with the Spin 714 is... It's a little uncomfortable in my lap, and it has the same goddamn problem that every Acer Premium Chromebook has had in the last three years. They are down-firing speakers, and they don't sound good. HP, Lenovo, Asus, everybody else has figured out you need your speakers to face up, and Acer just can't get with that program. Yeah, that just feels like laziness from an engineering perspective. Exactly. And, like, they thought when they were first sending me, like, specs or something for the 714, they were like, oh, yeah, this one's finally going to have up-facing speakers. And then it arrived, and I'm like, mm, you sure about that? Yeah, sorry, JK, next year, I hope. Ugh. All right, well, moving on, best smart home camera, the Nest Doorbell Wired, the one that you can use in winter. Yes. A good upgrade. And summer. And summer, obviously. <laughs> the WiseCam V3 Pro, very disappointed in our team for picking this. Not, not a big fan of Wise products. I think. After everything that happened with like the Eufy cams, like in the scrutiny given to the security or lack thereof of many of these cloud connected cameras, I'm not sure. Hey, don't look at me. I picked the Arlo. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't pick this, but I, I feel like we can't give these like cheap cameras a pass anymore. So, but no. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I also think we didn't include any of the new rings, which I should have voiced more because we had like a whole bunch of them come out in October. And then they just got bowled over between Pixel and Black Friday. I think we just haven't used them, right? Like we, yeah, we, we have we haven't been able to review any of them, them yet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We wanted to make sure that we used all of the products that were in our list. Um, all right, Razer Kishi and Game Vice Flex were the best gaming accessories of 2022. 
That makes sense to me. Again, we'll get Matt on here at some point and he can talk us through why they were selected. I have the original Razor Kishi and it's awesome. Works really well. So I'm not surprised that the Kishi V2 is the winner here. And then finally, the best product that Google killed in 2022, the uh, obvious winner is the is Google Stadia. So. What? I, mean, I don't know if it's an obvious popular. winner. I don't think it's an obvious winner. Also, no. I have the spreadsheet up, and Android Auto for phone screens lost by two. So I just want to say that was better than Stadia. Um, yeah, it technically it kind of died in 2021. It was certainly more useful than Stadia. I'll go to the map for Android Auto for phone screens. The last good thing Google did for people who don't have dashboard screens in the car. Yeah, like that was a genuine service to its users, and taking that away is just bad. Yeah. I saw this a little differently than you guys did. I'm not saying it as like the best product that Google killed. It's the one that was the most impactful, the one that got the most attention, the most notable product that Google killed. Sure. I think Stadia was a good product. I do. And I used it and it was fine. I think Android Auto for phone screens was extremely confusing. Nobody understood what that meant. I also... Still Android Auto for phone screens or assistant driving mode? Exactly. Which also no, but those are two different things. Exactly, I feel like people though, knew what Android Auto for phone screens was. I, I mean I get that, but the move away from Android Auto for phone screens to assistant oh, driving absolutely. mode. They, they've screwed up was, the whole thing. Google just didn't message this right. And it, it was like a Kafka-esque experience of like they just gaslit everybody who used Android Auto for phone screens because nobody knew what Android Auto experience you would get if you plugged in your phone at any given time. It was just yeah. confusing. I, I also want to say that like assistant driving mode is also basically dead. I, ha- I put it on the list this year. It did not win because it was a bad product. It's technically alive as a maps feature, but I it's not what it was meant to be. And so I'm counting it as dead. But yeah, Google screwed up this whole thing. Now, basically, you just use Google Maps if you don't have a screen in your car. I will say I'm just going to yeah, I have no proof of this. I bet more people used Android Auto for phone screens than Google Stadia. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, hands down. You're probably yeah, it had to had to. You're have absolutely right. But I think just the the suddenness and like the the media attention that Stadia got, the fact that like sure. it was just yet absolutely. another big project that Google is shutting down. I think it it just like got all the attention. So that's why I voted for it. But, um, I can see your perspectives on it. Uh, absolutely. Third place was Hangouts, by the way, for all the Hangouts heads out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, wanted- I, I think I I think I actually voted that one as first for me because Hangouts was the one platform like it honest to God was slowly, slowly, but slowly gaining traction. And then they just started doing all the stuff with Meet and Duo and Aloe, and they just diluted it so much that in the end, a good all in one messaging service was just cut off at the knees and then left to die. And then get absorbed into something newer and not as good. Like, it kills me. Well, I still use Google Chat with my wife. Uh, we were Hangouts users forever. Uh, oh, my family still uses Chat, too. It like, that's- sucks. I, like, I, I was going to say, I will give Hangouts this. I know people who used Hangouts. And I cannot say that about Allo. I, yeah. I knew a couple people who used Duo, but not recently. I will give Hangouts that I know people in, in people's families who used Hangouts. So that is about all the credit I can give to a, a Google chat service that has died. RIP. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. All right. Um, check out our site next week. We will have our reader's choice picks. As you suspect, the Pixel 7 Pro likely won that as well. Uh, but it's we have we, currently sweeping. It's, so. you, you can vote still, I believe. Right, Will? Uh, yeah, till Sunday night, and I believe Jules posts this on Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, if you want to really push the S22 Ultra 
which is in second place with 22% of the vote, get roughly, I don't know, right now, like you would need like 400 people, get 400 of your closest friends to go hit that button. Yes, please give us 400 more views on that, on that <laughs> poll. We, we really want them. All right, that's it. Uh, will we have a show next week? I, I don't. I don't know. Well, we'll. I'll be in the office. Are you guys going to be in the office? Yeah, I'm around. I'm going to be in the office, but I thought y'all had an idea. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have a show. I figure uh, we might have two. Who knows? We'll we'll end we'll the find year. Find a way to scream about. You know what? I'll say this. I'm seeing Avatar: The Way of Water on Monday mm. in 40x, which mm. is the one where the chair rocks and they blast you with water and smells. And so I'll have a full five minute report one way or another on how that experience goes okay yeah next week we're going to do our pop culture year-end review absolutely let's do it <laughs> i'll try to see avatar as well if if not we'll we'll just let you rant and rave about yeah, it. yeah you just have to find four hours in your day <laughs> Any, to talk culture with you literally anytime well i know i meant to see avatar that movie is oh, very yeah. long fair yeah, yeah, the movie fair. is very long. Oh, yeah. I tried to buy tickets for my wife and I, and it ended up being like $65. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, no, the, the 40X tickets I bought were very expensive. I'm, I'm so excited to essentially go on a three-hour-long amusement park ride. going to be great. Yeah, that's what Ara does every week. So More or less. But you don't pay $65. I, you don't I go pay to an $65. actual theme park and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay, that's the show. Um, you can let us know what you think at podcast at androidpolice.com. We love, love, love hearing from you. You can find Ara at Wagco on Twitter. I mean, maybe we should stop saying this because Twitter is a dumpster fire, but uh, you can find Will for now at underscore Will or Will underscore Saddleberg. You can find Elon's going to hear this podcast and ban me. Yeah, you can find me at Journey Dan. You can find Elon Jet at Elon Jet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can look up where Elon's Jet is right now. Elon hasn't managed to ban the actual website from the internet. Yeah, you can find Jules, <laughs> our illustrious producer at Point Jules. Uh, you can find all of us at androidpolice.com. And uh, yeah, hope you are having a lovely December so far. We will be back next week with our last show of the year, Christmas Culture Extravaganza. So until then, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.